This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now! Howdy, friends. Happy Thursday. It's awful outside. Just gross. I, uh, did you, did you do the prep or did you forget? Did you like back into your space and put your wipers up? I did not put the wipers up and I'm thoroughly regretting that. I am so regretting that right now. I see, I'm hoping that by the time I go out there, what of course it's going to be shitty. It's going to continue to be shitty all morning, but I'm hoping it's not too bad. But I'm going to start my car early. Before I even go out there, I'm just going to pop out. Give it a start and hope for the best. Give it a start. Give and it hope a start. For the best. Hope for the best. <laughs> just let it melt as much as possible. I'm just gonna let it run for a bit. I, I, you know what? I'm not sure. I do you like snow better or freezing rain better? Oh, snow all day long. Yeah, like I think that I would take snow at this point as well. Like it doesn't bother me as much as freezing rain does because it's just tedious. Cat, one of the things that comes up regularly here on After Nine and on both of our radio shows is affordability. And the National Rent Report is out. And let's just spend a couple of minutes on this because I'm really trying to wrap my mind around how people afford this. Sure. Vancouver had the highest rent in the country. Okay, that's not surprising. Vancouver's crept up there a lot uh, lately, like even more so than Toronto. So that doesn't surprise me. Toronto is second Mm -hmm. with the high rental costs for one and two bedroom units jumping more than 20% since last year. The national rental rankings are based on data from rentals.ca and Urban Nation. It shows in Toronto, the average cost of a one-bedroom condo or apartment in the city is $2,532 a month as of November. Wow. 23% higher than November 2021. You know what's baffling, too, about those numbers? And this is a conversation that we've had for a long time when it comes to rent, but especially right now. There's some people that are in a rent, they're different positions, right? Some people are doing rent because they want to, they want to have a rental. They don't plan to like set roots down in that spot that they're at. They're just, they're working for now and the job could take them anywhere and life could take them anywhere. Okay. So those people aside though, when you think about the amount of people that are on rent that high, but can't get a mortgage, yeah, which is lower. The mortgage would be the lower. Mortgage would be lower for a lot of price for, points. Exactly. If you're, especially if you're outside of the major cities, right? Keep that in mind. But and for what you get for that amount, I mean, because you're talking these are small spots. One bedroom, yeah. one bathroom, living room, eat-in kitchen. That's all you get. It's like five to six hundred square feet. You're paying two thousand five hundred and thirty-two dollars a month. The other one is the two bedrooms. Man, you don't even want to know. If you've got kids or you've got uh, a roommate and and this is just your best way to go, the two-bedroom is up 20% year over year to an average rent of $3,347 a month. Are landlords ripping people off or is this just what the market calls for? Because I have a feeling that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I know that 
uh, maintenance fees and those common fees, particularly in condo buildings, they've crept up a lot. In some cases, condo fees are like six to $800 a month, and the renter is going to likely absorb that. So maybe that's how it crept up, or is it really just supply and demand? $3,347 a month rent. I have to think you could find a house much cheaper mm-hmm. than your monthly rent payment. I would think so too. And that's, but it's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating because maybe there's the, and again, there's those renters who want to be renting. They are fine with it because they're not planning on setting themselves up in that area or whatever the case is. Or they don't have the down payment. Or they don't have the down payment. But still, for the people who actually want it though, that's so frustrating because they could afford it technically because they're paying rent up the ass. Or they have to find a roommate and they're not actually interested in having a roommate, but here they are. They're in that predicament. The thought of having, so I'm, uh, I, I live with my girlfriend. I think most people understand that. But before I moved in with her, I lived on my own. The thought of bringing in a roommate, not for me. Don't want to do it. But I would not be able to afford almost $3,500 a month for a two-bedroom apartment. That's not even a house. It's not mm-hmm. a semi. It's an apartment. And by the way, you're not even including a lot of other fees that go with it, are you? Oh, you I mean, there's mean, your hydro, your cable. And- yeah, there's so much more. And maintenance fees continue to go up and they'll climb out of nowhere. You don't really have a lot of heads up when that happens, too. Sometimes they give you like a month or two, depending on where it is. Well, what's also scary about this rent report is in typical times, if Toronto rent got too high, you could, I don't know, go to Mississauga. You could go to Barrie. You could go to Kitchener. You could go to Durham. You could go wherever it is you have to go. Maybe you go out in the boonies or, or you go out to London. The average Ontario rent across the province is $2,384 a month, up 15.3% from November last year. So do you think we're going to get in a situation where the landlords have to lower the rent because people are just going to tell them, I can't afford to pay this, so either lower the rent or find yourself another tenant. I have a feeling that we're getting to a point where enough people are just going to have to say that, that that landlords might have to lower the Mm -hmm. rent. Or is there always going to be someone willing to pay the fee? That's what I wonder, too. Is there always someone willing to pay that money? And I think that the answer might be yes, because are they having issues filling them? I don't think so. I mean, the vacancies yeah. that I'm seeing, if they can get $3,347 a month for a two-bedroom, I guess I don't blame them for charging it. But boy, oh I don't boy. know. If I, I don't know if I would sleep at night I know. charging somebody that much money. Yeah. And, and interest rates have gone up for sure. Common fees have gone up for sure. I'm just, I, I wonder how much they're profiting on $3,347 a month. Uh, let's get to something else here. Two of the largest private labs in Ontario. Everybody heard me say private, right? Because this is a part of the healthcare system that's right. privately run. And I know a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that, that but it is. Life Labs and Dynacare are yes. private companies. Mm-hmm. And they aren't providing details on the scope of the backlog, but apparently there's quite a backlog in pap test results for women. Those can detect precancerous cell changes in the cervix. How is this happening now? Wasn't these, weren't these the same companies that were pumping out like 60,000 COVID test results a day at the height of the pandemic? How did we get to a point where it's taking them months to process a pap test? That's a long, yeah, I had no idea that that was happening. I I didn't know either until I read the story. Uh, The health ministry says they're in constant contact with labs 
and Ontario Health to discuss pap test turnaround times. They're monitoring plans by labs to return to normal service levels. And for now, they're just saying, oh, well, more people are going back to the doctor and they're getting the tests and it fell a little behind. How? This is all stuff that worked perfectly fine before the pandemic. Did they lose people? Is there that many more people that needed a pap test? I don't understand what's going on or why this is happening, but it's another knock on our healthcare system, yeah. making it more and more unattainable oh, for people to access good health care. Our healthcare system is just kind of messy right now, isn't it? I mean, we've all known that. And the, nobody's more frustrated than the people who work in healthcare. care, is what I find, too. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. We do not appreciate people trying to sue influencers for the products that they recommended you buy. There's um, the FTX, the crypto exchange that went bankrupt. There's a group of people that are trying to sue some of the celebrity influencers who encourage buying it. There's a, a move to sue some of the influencers who suggested you buy NFTs. Well, now the U.S. government has charged eight men of earning more than $100 million in profits by manipulating their novice investor followers on social media. The Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission in America say influencers promoted themselves as successful traders on Twitter <laughs> and in Discord chat rooms and encouraged hundreds of thousands of their followers to buy certain stock. Those influencers allegedly regularly sold their shares when prices or volumes of the promoted stock went up. The Justice Department says the defendants showcased their extravagant lifestyles to fool people into thinking they were skilled stock traders. Oh, no. I get that people got ripped off, and I feel bad for people that lost money because they went into this naively. But again, are we suing the influencer here, or, or should we really be pointing our finger at the people that fell for it? I see people online all the time that are driving around in a, I don't know, in a Rolls Royce or they've got a big yacht and they say, oh, look at me. I made all my money in crypto. It doesn't make me think, oh, shit, I should just do what that person did. I just think, oh, good for you. You had a good yeah. run. Yeah, it remind, it's reminiscent of a, of a recent lawsuit about um, that exact, like very similar NFTs, um, anything in NFTs, crypto, any of that, na the nature of that. You knew as someone with money who wanted to invest in something, okay? Let's say you have money. You have 10 grand, you want to invest in something. You know those are not guaranteed sure bets, don't you? And if not, then that's kind of on you to not do your research. You assume because you look at somebody else, it's a lesson. Like, I do think that this is just a life lesson. The people who endorse these products or services or whatever it might be are making money. And if you can't figure that out, get with a program. This is how life works. You can choose to ignore it. Maybe it works out for you, though, because if it's not that, let's talk about products, right? Someone could endorse a product and it's a home delivery service and you go ahead and you try it. And let's say you hate it. You Hi, I'm Scott. Let me tell you about HelloFresh. Hello Fresh. <laughs> yeah. You know, like anything like that. I don't get paid to endorse that, by the way, just so everybody knows. You probably should. But anyway, um, <laughs> HelloFresh. Um, but anyway, you can take that part out if you want. Uh, I think that people need to get a better sense of what's happening in the world and understand that that's their money. You use your money how you want. Just because I can look at you and be like, oh, fuck, Scott has a nice car and a nice house and he looks like he's happy in life, so I'm going to order all of this shit because I want to be like that guy. Again, that's on you and that's a lesson you need to learn. And I hope that those people who learn it don't learn it by losing so much of their money. People have. And now they're suing endorsers. And to me, it just seems crazy. It just seems crazy to me. 
do your own research. Again, that's a lesson. You earn that money for some reason. Whatever money you put into it, you earned it doing something, hopefully honestly, and you thought something was going to come of it. Sometimes there really is no easy way out. Sometimes you really do have to contact an actual financial investor, a professional, a professional, and not go off of an Instagram comment from someone who has 23 followers or some shit like that. No matter how many followers, it doesn't even matter. Don't believe everything you see. Be careful with your money. That should be like lesson like 101. And it saddens me that so many people are tricked into this shit. Hey, this is a great opportunity to have a secondary conversation about this. So let's do it. You're alluding to you can't believe all the shit you see on social media because people put up a front. In this case, they made themselves look wealthy so that you mm-hmm. would try and trust them as an investment advisor. I don't know why you would do that without doing a little more research. I'm not spending money on anything without doing my research on it. Mm-hmm. But that's that fake persona that some people put out online. Let's talk about Twitch. DJ from the Ellen yeah. Show. Do you know how many people I spoke to yesterday that were completely shocked and shocked. they all said the same thing? He seemed so happy. Of course. He was living a great yeah. life. He had a beautiful family. Everything in his life was perfect. Apparently not because he shot himself in the head at 40 years old. Yeah, he was struggling with mental health. From what we could tell, he's struggling with mental health. Although I'm not sure his wife in that statement... Um, really confirm that or not but uh that's man that was i was one of those people by the way that's completely shocked it's not that i sat there and said well perfect man i understand how some people saw it that way because that's how they're definitely perceived on instagram is everything's fine not a care in the world um i'm not sure how much he was talking about it uh, behind the scenes it's quite possible he did but uh it does go to show you you don't know what people are going through well this is the thing you know right? you really don't social media can be so deceiving because you can look and think oh my god there's somebody who's got it together and they've got the world by the tail but they're struggling on the inside yeah and in a way i almost kind of wish people would stop the shit you know stop putting it out there like you're living that jet set world-class first-class lifestyle just be a little honest because people would be a lot more likely to reach out if they knew that mm, that's not right. It's very Anna Delvey of them, isn't it? Yes. You look poor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm a, I agree with you. What I will say, though, on a positive note, what I have seen over the last several years, and even on TikTok and stuff, is people being a little more real. You mm-hmm. still have those fakers. You will always have those fakers, those losers that like to pose on a boat and be like, take 50, and it's not even their boat. They just hop on someone's boat, like, took a picture of my dude. Popping bottles in the club. Yeah, like stuff like that. Um, I feel like the people who actually have the money to do that aren't so showy. Uh, But the people who show it um, definitely want to be perceived as someone with money for whatever reason. That's fine. To each their own. I mean, you put on your own social account what you want. But what I will say is, um, as I was mentioning, I do see a little more real out there now. I really do. I see people not having to like not worrying too much about what exactly they're looking like or if they're room is messy while they're making videos or something. It does seem a little more real, not necessarily with all celebrities, but I, in general, I do see it. But I agree with you. We need to stop that shit. And check on your friends. And check on your friends. You know, especially with the holidays here, especially with the economy the way it is, check on your friends and make sure they're okay. The Twitch thing, maybe that was a a, a wake-up call for some people to realize, oh, just because it seems great doesn't mean it necessarily Mm -hmm. is. I just feel bad. I feel so sad. Um, three kids, too. For his family. You know? Oh, I know. It's really, really right sad. Right before Christmas and everything. I mean, ugh, again, you don't know what people are going through. To, to, by the way, and to feel, and I was reading a lot on this, too, just on this note. We won't get too depressing here. But just to feel like that is, you people are better off in your life without you than with you. 
with that much, like with all that family and everything else, like it's sad that it, that it, that it really came down to that. It seems. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Still to come, we're going to talk about a former U.S. president who had an amazing, candid comment during a speech with his daughter to the Obama Foundation. It's Barack that we're going to hear from. Oh, I love Barack. Me too. I love him. We're also going to talk about uh, Harry and Meghan because the next three and Mm -hmm. final three episodes are now out. Um, We're going to talk about smoking cigarettes in just a few seconds, but first off, I want to get something off my chest because okay. I think there's other people out there maybe listening to this pod right now that have never said it out loud, but they agree with me. And once you hear me say it, maybe you'll agree with me too. Today isn't just December 15th. Today is National Cupcake Day. Cupcakes are trash. <laughs> if you eat a cupcake, you hate yourself and you have no desire to be any better in life. Cupcakes are trash. Cupcakes are trash. Hang on. Because cupcakes used to be good. When I was a kid and my mom would be like, oh, we're going to make cupcakes. You want to ice them? Sure. No problem. Put a little bit of icing on. You bite it. You get cake and icing and it's great. But for whatever reason, all these gourmet cupcake shops have started popping up and there's more icing than cake. Yes, And it's bullshit. It's so hard to eat. It gets messy and you're taking in like three 100% 100% sugar bites before you even get to the good part. Yeah, I uh I'm not a, I'm not a huge cupcake person. Um but I agree even like the the no sugar ones, like even the keto cupcakes that I get, I actually take some of the icing off the top before I before I take a bite. It's just too, how are you supposed to open your mouth that big? Am I supposed to like come at it from the top? Am I, I supposed to come at it from the side on like an angle? Like how do we do this? I think you're supposed to come at it from the side and only someone who's eight feet tall would have a mouth big that enough big. to get a bite of icing yeah. and cake in the same one. So you're in a position where you've kind of got to eat it like you're a squirrel and, and, and try and get some icing and some cake in the same bite. The whole thing is stupid. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. And for those people who think, no, perfect solution. Cut that cake part in half and you pop it on the top, right? You've seen this. Yeah, yeah, Sandwich yeah. the cupcake. It's still, it's it's messy. It's messy. I mean, I, I do tend to agree with you. It's not the first dessert I go for. I know some people are cu- cupcake people. Some of them are. It's definitely not. I, I, I'd rather eat it with a fork. Like, I'd probably be like, can I have a plate and I'll eat this with a fork? And then, I, but then I'd get looks, right? Yeah, you'd get yeah, looks. It's supposed to be handheld. Well, you're a dumb bitch with a knife yeah, and fork and a listen, cupcake. Listen, it's supposed to be hand. It was the, the whole point of a cupcake as it was made, was to be a handheld dessert. It is no longer one of those things where you could just eat with one hand. Nope. You need two fucking hands, nine napkins, five mouths. It's insane. It's called a cupcake. I don't know why 90% of it is now all of a sudden icing, but it's stupid, and we need that to change. As soon as we get rid of Tiff Macklem at the Bank of Canada, we're moving on to the cupcakes next, and we're going to fix this country until everything works again, and there is a normal amount of icing on your cupcakes. Mm-hmm. If that's the hill I got to die on, that's it. cupcakes have too much Good. icing, Good. I'm willing to go. All right. 
Let's talk smoking because this has a Canadian angle now and, and we know it's going to continue to come up. In New Zealand, they just passed a law. They're going to leave smokers alone. Governments do all kinds. Was that, that ice was falling? That was ice falling behind you. Yeah. Oh my ice. God. I no. don't know if you could hear that in the pod, <laughs> that but was, that was messed up. That was a big chunk. I hope nobody's down there. Hello. Are you okay down there? <laughs> Governments have been taxing the shit out of cigarettes for a long time. The last yeah. time cigarette taxes went down is when Jean Chrétien was prime minister of Canada. And, and Chrétien came. Holy shit, did you guys hear that? Should we move? It's, it's, I, I don't know if this window is going to come down. Yeah. There's a lot I, of ice frozen to it. The, the, the frozen ice from the top, I think that it's starting to get a little, I don't know what's happening. Is it warming up or something? Because all that ice just came flying down. Okay, so. Anyway. Chrétien lowered the taxes on cigarettes, and I think a pack of cigarettes at, at the, back in the day when he was prime minister was like six bucks a pack. Now... They're about eighteen dollars a pack mm. if you get the premium kind, and you can get the cheapies for like fifteen to sixteen. Unless, of course, you're doing that run out to the res to get the the bag of smokes the from the, uh, the the reservation. So anyway, they've been raising taxes on them, and it's massive revenue. It's in the billions for the government, and and they say, well, you know, we got to charge you all these taxes because we're creating an incentive to not smoke. You'll save money if you don't, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But it's still a legal product. So they're going to leave people addicted to it. They'll keep making those revenues and they'll leave it legal. But now people can make their own choices on this. And I'll give you an example of how it's being done. In New Zealand, they just passed a law that if you're a smoker, fine, you can keep smoking. Go ahead, do it, whatever. You'll be a drag on the healthcare system, but you pay the taxes for it anyway. So it all works out in the end. However, if you're born after January 1st, 2013, you will never be able to buy cigarettes. Wow. That's the rule. That's the rule in New Zealand? They just passed it. So basically what they're saying is current smokers, you're allowed to smoke. If you're getting closer to the age when you could smoke, i.e. you're turning your teenage years now, you will never be able to legally buy cigarettes. We all know there's ways around it. That's not the point we're debating. What I'm curious about is, is that fair? Because now you've got a product that's perfectly legal that some adults can use, but other adults will be prohibited from using. Some people say that's gross overreach by the government. Those who don't like smoking and the vast majority don't. It's like, Yeah, I was going to say like majority of people don't smoke or don't like it. The, very true. And the number of smokers is declining each year. But there are still those who feel that if you're an adult and you're willing to pay the price for it, whether it be a price with your health or an actual physical cost, you should be able to make that decision. Can you have something that's illegal that only some people are allowed to do? Of course, they're all adults. But eventually, it will be it will be drowned out in New Zealand, right? I mean, it starts with, hey, if you're born after 2013, right? And But slowly, all those people who are smoking are going to die. You know what I mean? And then eventually, nobody's going to be able to purchase smokes. Yeah. That's the way that they're doing it. That's exactly right. I don't know that this will survive a court challenge or anything like that. I'm sure that there's going to be someone who's going to try and test it. And that's not something we're doing in Canada or in Ontario yet. But you can see that coming. because I we, could see it coming in Canada. I'm I could see that. Yeah. Well, the closest Canadian comparison we have comes from here. Alberta. Banff will no longer allow smoking or vaping nicotine in public places. 
It's a bylaw in Banff that'll come into effect this February. It means smoking or vaping tobacco in the Banff National Park is going to be limited only to parking lots, alleys, and private property. There is an exemption for ceremonial use of tobacco at traditional indigenous practices. I, so I just, I was just in Banff. I've been to Banff a couple of times. I was just there this summer. And one, one thing I will tell you is, as I, we're enjoying nature and we're going through the trails and we've been to the park and we've done all of that. I don't see anyone smoking anyway. Like, I seriously think this affects like, not a lot of people. And for someone to have to like light up in, in whatever, a designated spot before they hit a trail or before they go for a swim or whatever, I don't see it being a big deal. Somewhere like Banff too, they're very careful about what they do. And for those who don't know, you can't just up and buy a house in Banff. You can't just be like, I'm going to go live in Banff now. You have to actually live there or be grandfathered into living there. They already kind of live very differently, but it is a, it is a start. I don't like, again, I don't, it doesn't bother me, but I'm not a smoker. Right. So I would love to hear from, from people who do on how they feel about that. And if that will, will actually affect them or if it, they're at the point now where, I mean, we're already making it not be seen at convenience stores. We're already you already can't do it in restaurants. You already can't do it here, 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 there, there. You're kind of already sneaking around doing it anyway. So is this really a big friggin' deal? But this is just tobacco. You can still smoke, smoke but weed, it's got to be cannabis. But it's natural, baby. That's <laughs> what the earth gave us, man. Is the question really then, should we just make it illegal? The government needs to right. get off that tax revenue. And it's in the billions, so this would be a big it hit. It is still a moneymaker, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they make yeah. a fortune off mm-hmm. of it. But they've restricted the companies who make and sell it so much, and they are taxing the living shit out of people who do it, and so on and so on and so on. Now they're restricting more places that you can't do it. Why don't they just make it illegal? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess it is a money thing. It has to be a money thing. That's I mean, all I can it, think what of. Is the other, what is the other option? It, they don't care about people's they're I mean they're going to say it's a it's a the healthcare system thing and sure absolutely fine valid point but that's not what they care about they care about the money over that I have to think they do same with alcohol we all know there is a ton of societal problems that are linked to alcohol and and yes I yeah. I feel like I can talk about this from a, a unique perspective because I did used to drink a heck of a lot more than I do now now I don't drink most of the time. I mean, maybe a couple times a month, I'll have a couple of drinks mm-hmm. and that's it for me. But I was a heavier drinker earlier and we pay a shit ton of taxes on alcohol as yes, well. Yes, we do. And the government loves that revenue. In fact, the only people that legally sell alcohol in Ontario is the government itself through the LCBO. And of course, their agreement through the consortium of beer brewers. I, I just think that if If we've got this vice, the sins, because they call it a sin tax on alcohol and tobacco and things like that. If these are such big problems, why don't they just take a stand and make it illegal rather than dance around it with, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're still smoking. Well, don't stop because we want the revenue, but now you can't do it here, 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 or here. And the companies that make and sell it, we're going to restrict them even more. It's almost like they're trying to backdoor a ban why don't they just do a ban? Mm-hmm. Why don't we stand up and say, you know what? Canada's a country that believes in healthy lungs and we are not a smoking nation. Yeah. And if you are a smoker, you've got about five years to quit. And if you don't want to quit, okay, well, you'd, it'll be illegal to buy, sell, or import them into Canada as of, say, 2030. Why couldn't they just do that? I almost wonder, too, if those who are smoking or addicted to it would almost feel relieved knowing that they wouldn't be able to purchase it in five years. Cause there's a lot of people doing it that don't like it or don't necessarily want to. Yeah. Right. Who have tried. 
that would be, I mean, that would be difficult though. You almost have to give an eight, I think. I mean, just like from a perspective of like, let's help those people. If you do do that, then you got to kind of give some help there. Like, hey, here's what we're going to do. So the government's going to shut this down. No more smokes. However, nicotine, you know, up to X amount of months is, or or sorry, nicotine, Nicorette and all the patches of that nature. That's one brand of many, right? There's many brands of it or something. An aid for you is available though for those people, government funded for the following six months or something like that. Yeah. Does that maybe make sense? Possibly. There's a lot of smokers who have had not a lot of success trying to quit, namely because they relied on those typical recommendations. Oh, try the gum. Oh, try the Zyban and this, that, and the other thing. Unfortunately, those come with side effects. It doesn't work for a lot of people. They haven't really come up with a true way that allows someone to say, you know what? This is the alternative to cigarettes. This is what's going to make me never light a yeah. cigarette again. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I was a heavier smoker before when I uh, was younger. And one of the ways that I quit was reading a book. And I'll give it a plug every time I get an opportunity because I think it's a fabulous book. It's called Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And that might sound like an oxymoron. Easy, stop smoking. It really is easy. And you can feel yourself reading this book being brainwashed. But I read the book. I lit a cigarette, finished it, and didn't have a cigarette again for eight months after that. Wow. Just by reading a book. No gum, no patches. And it didn't even involve a lot of willpower. It was just reprogramming myself. So if you're struggling with the cigarettes and you're tired of paying 18, 19, 20 bucks a pack, Try that book, especially if the regular over-the-counter products aren't working for you. A couple more things, and then we'll wrap it up. I told you I wanted to hear from the former president, Barack Obama. He was giving a speech that actually criticized some of the people that are his biggest supporters. Listen to Barack Obama talking about woke and talking about the way we interact with each other on social media. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college camps, is Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Cause man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV, watch my show, watch Gronish. Um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, 
uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Hey, there's the president saying, knock it off. It's not a competition to outwoke each other. It's about having a conversation. And that's what social media was always designed to be. Mm-hmm. It wasn't designed to be, uh, oh, did you hear such and such what they did? Let's get them. Let's cancel them. There's Barack Obama, a uh, left icon, and someone that I would think a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum have some respect for, saying, knock it off. It's not a competition to shame each other. You should be lifting each other up, first and foremost. And if you disagree, you can politely disagree without having to go full-blown shaming and cancel. Mm -hmm. Nobody's adding up points saying, oh, boy, Kat really showed those people. No, that's not the way it works. It it can actually work in, like, the opposite effect. That's how I see it. Well, you're actually seeing that, I find now, with some people, particularly on pandemic issues. There's a couple of doctors uh, like Dr. Nilly there, a real strong advocate for masks. And she believes in masks, and that's fine. She's a doctor, and she's certainly qualified to add her opinion to the conversation. But she doesn't just add her opinion to the conversation. She's one that shames and goes after you and will call you out and try and get you canceled and all that sort of thing. Well, there's Barack Obama saying, enough. That's not what this is all about. We need to be a little more civil in the way that we deal with each other, particularly on social media. There's no scoreboard here, so you don't need to run it up just continuously going after people that you disagree with. If you disagree with them and you really hate them, just mute them. Unfollow them. Yeah, it's easy. You don't need to go just for the confrontation. How many times do we have to say things like that? Like, how much louder do we have to be? Like, it really is that simple. Do you know how much easier your life is when you realize you have choices? Like, it astonishes me that people don't seem to understand they do and they'll follow along with something. I hear it all the time. Like, oh, did you see this person? Like, uh, and they're complaining about something someone posted. Let's just say, let's just use like the, the, I don't know, lamest comment someone can make. Like, oh, did you see this person posted for the like fourth time today about their kid? Like, okay, then mute them. Like, what, wh- why do you care? And mute them if you really don't like it. Like, you have choices. Or, hey, I don't like this person. They're, they're ranting a political shit on, on Facebook. Okay, fucking unfriend them. Like I don't like we have choices too. It's not that's their platform to do what they want on. And your choice is to follow along with it or not. Your choice is to watch a show or not. Your choice is to listen to something or not. That is your choice. How many times do we have to stress that? And that's kind of another level of this. That's exactly what this is. You don't have to sit there and nitpick at something. Choose to be positive and move on and do something for you. You're spending way too much energy on other people. There are so many people in this world that spend way too much time and energy thinking and worrying about other people's shit. Focus on yourself. And you know what? When you do, great things are going to happen for you. When you sit there, bitch, moan, and complain, shit things are going to happen to you. I truly believe that. Yeah. Kat and I, for those who haven't uh, noticed, there's over 800 episodes of After Nine. We respectfully disagree with each other in almost every episode about something. It never turns into name calling. It's a conversation. No. And we're not trying to change each other's minds. We're just trying to make each other understand how we feel. Now, I feel like that's a good segue into the last thing I want to talk about in this episode because I know we do not agree on this. The last three episodes of Harry and Meghan's special are now out on Netflix. Yeah, I'm going to definitely watch some of those. Okay, and I will too, even though I disagree with how Harry and Meghan have handled this. And, and I'll, I'll just say it. I personally think that Meghan is very disingenuous. I don't think she went into this with the best of intentions. I do think that Harry 
was somewhat under, um, well, he was in love. Hey, he met a girl and, and he wanted to go all in on that relationship. And I do think that she, in a way, almost kind of exploited how in love he was. She made the guy move. She made the guy quit the royal. I shouldn't say made because I don't know for sure. But it feels like she made him quit the royal family. She made him move across the country. She decided they were going to have kids. And, and the whole thing was planned out basically on an agenda that it seems like Meghan had. And, and that's fine. They're adults and they're welcome to do that. Harry was highly unlikely to ever be king anyway. Okay, fine. It's sad because I liked William and Harry watching them grow up as brothers. And, and I thought that that would continue being a great relationship and eventually William will be king. And I thought Harry would be a number one guy for him there to keep the royal family running. That's not going to happen now. Harry's out, and it seems like he's burning the bridge behind him as he goes. Apparently, these last three episodes are very unflattering of the palace. Yeah, I mean, at the same token, though, um, there are a fair amount of people that aren't really a fan, that, that don't really see Meghan and Harry in a good light after it, even those who were um, on their side, if you will. If, if we're choosing sides, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'd have to see the last three episodes to know. I did find the first few not as eventful as I thought, although interesting and stuff. I was... I was interested to listen to it and I, I watched. I didn't find anything to be shocking. The, the last three, I don't know. I'm not hearing too many rumors about it. They are talking a little bit about how Canada came into play to help them out when they wanted to get out of the UK and everything else. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I, I, the latest report is that William and Harry are like not on speaking terms and they won't be from here forward. Basically following the funeral of their grandmother. Done. Apparently William's just done with it because he doesn't like how it was brought, you know, brought to be that this documentary was coming out, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, will we ever really know, though? Will we ever really know the full story? Probably not. Well, this is the thing. I mean, they seemed very happy when Harry and Meghan were getting married. Everything seemed good. And then they moved. And then there's some stuff that came out about the palace, some weird comments that apparently, allegedly, came from Prince King Charles himself, maybe, Prince Charles yeah. at the time. Maybe it did. Camilla maybe it didn't. apparently said some some strange things more recently too. Yeah, in comments. And yeah. then there was a bit of a falling out. But when the Queen died and Harry and Meghan were there, it seemed like the relationship between the brothers was being repaired. Whether or not their wives get along, I don't know. And to be honest, I don't even care. You don't have to get along with your sibling's partner. It's nice if you do, but it's not mandatory. But now we're hearing that William doesn't even want to talk to Harry. And I'm wondering, was were they just putting on a show for the funeral or did something happen since then? Did William and Kate and Charles and Camilla, did they get an advance copy of this Netflix special mm-hmm. as a courtesy? Did Harry say, hey, listen, I said some shit because they're paying me really, really well and I got to make it interesting. And since I don't have a security detail anymore, for example, I've got bills to pay. I've got mouths to feed. So... I, I told a story. I embellished a little bit. Here's a screener copy so you guys know what's coming. Did even that courtesy happen or no? Or are they going to be blindsided up at midnight last night waiting for these episodes to drop just so they can see what Harry yeah. has said about them? I don't know how it works. I don't know either. I'm not sure. And if they are at a point where they're not speaking to each other, then why would you? Why would you give them a heads up? I don't know. It's a big shot at their family business. And to be honest, that is their business. That's how they make money. I, uh, I would hope that they're at least civil enough to, to keep their eye on the prize and realize that if there is going to be uh, a British-style monarchy, a commonwealth to speak of, in the future, 
these guys got to get on the same page because the only way you can repair the reputation is if William and Kate become king and queen and they actually do a good job and people see value in having Mm -hmm. a monarchy. But if they're undermined before they even get to the throne, that really makes their job harder. I would, I'd love to think just that give they're it to on George. speaking terms. Let's just go right to George. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, see, it's funny because they used to say, just give it to Kate and William and skip Charles. <laughs> now I'm thinking George is the one. Skip Charles and go to George. <laughs> All right, we got to go, everybody. There is not going to be an episode tomorrow. Really sorry. I've got the day off. Way to go, Scott. Way to take a vacation day. (laughs) Way to go. No, well-deserved. Enjoy your long weekend. Thank you. We'll have a new episode of After 9 on Monday. There's going to be four new episodes next week, as far as we know. Mm -hmm. And then we're off until 2023. Enjoy your day. Happy Thursday. Drive safe out there, and we'll catch you Monday. Bye, friends. Right now, the cost of ingredients for popular holiday desserts is surging. Thankfully, every family has that same blue tin of Danish butter cookies that's been floating around for 20 years. It has been a uh, difficult week for Elon Musk, who owns Twitter, which continues to hemorrhage money, so much so they have reportedly haven't paid rent in their offices for weeks. Maybe he should change the name from Twitter to Squatter, you know? Listen to this. According to a poll, one-third of Americans start buying holiday gifts two months in advance. That's risky, because a lot can happen in two months. It's like... Here's that Kanye sweatshirt you wanted. You go, hey, well, hold on. According to a new survey, 32% of Gen Z are likely to call in sick at work when they're feeling unwell, which is shocking. A Gen Z person making a phone call. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.